Stardate. What is a Stardate? 0224.2021. Welcome back to Star Trek Discovery Pod, a podcast about new and classic Star Trek. I'm your reluctant captain, Mike Garcia, and uh, helping me steer this kind of empty, rocky ship this week is... <laughs> it's just me. It's Mariah. How's it going, hey, guys? Mariah. <laughs> How's it going? <sighs> Our um, it's Grant and... Clyde are on a planet busy dad tonight. Yeah. So got busy dad duties, busy dad duty. So hopefully they will return soon. Hey, Mariah. What's up, Mike? I think Star Trek spoke to all of us this week. I was real ready for a little escapism. The last like, you know, I don't know. To be real, real with y'all, being in Texas as like a genderqueer, queer person right now really, really fucking sucks. (laughs) And like, yeah, it's like I have friends with trans kids and it's just like very, very miserable. And on top of a bunch of imperialist bullshit going on in Europe and of no help. Anyway, a lot of (laughs) a lot of stuff that's really complicated and I'm not a geopolitical person expert so i'm not going to give any commentary but my thoughts and you know everything are with the people in the ukraine and yeah and all yeah, that me, me too it, it feels like like the discovery in this episode we're constantly surrounded by this huge swaths of negative energy that we're trying to, to pass through that are trying to get through our shields and bring us down and yeah i hate texas as well um anyway This week, we are reviewing The Galactic Barrier, the 10th episode of Star Trek Discovery's fourth fourth season. We're streaming live on the YouTubials. Um, We are. Mariah, tell people about the live chat. Yeah, so if you're watching live with us tonight, please engage with us in the chat. We'd love to hear about what y'all thought about this episode. What questions do you have? What hot freaks do you have? And there's a couple of ways that you can um, tell us about that. You can chit chat in the chat itself with each other. But if it's something that you want us to pay attention to, just go ahead and type capital P, capital O, capital D in all caps pod. You can also put an HF, capital HF uh, for your hot take or hot freak of what you thought about this episode. And we'll get to those at some point during the show. All right, let's do Hot Freaks. Hot Freaks! Hot Freaks! Okay. We all need some Hot Freaks. (laughs) And chat room, we would love to have you chime in on the Hot Freaks tonight. Um, Mariah, tell me me what you, you thought about this episode, The Galactic Barrier. Yeah, you know, it definitely to me felt like when the episode ended, I wasn't ready for it to end. It very much felt like the beginning of our sort of three part finale of the season is what I kind of felt there. I did enjoy getting to see some of Tarka's backstory, but I'm still not rooting for him yet. He hasn't fully redeemed himself to me quite yet. Um, So while I enjoyed it, I also, I will say I really enjoyed a lot of the, uh, alien and species designs in this episode. We got to see some new folks. Um, we also got some continuation of Saru um, and uh, uh, our Navarre president's love story, which I thought was really cute. I really enjoyed all the scenes between Saru and um, Colber. And I think 
Stamets and um, but had maybe the toughest job of this episode of having to just like yell at nothing <laughs> as like a scene partner, just like the intercom of demands. So I thought um, Anthony Rapp did a great job as always sort of like keeping his character fairly grounded while having to deal with a lot of Star Trek uh, magic gobbledygook <laughs> to have to spout out for us to figure out the science of uh, space cells and all kinds of stuff that's being tossed at us. And um, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it, but it didn't feel like a, it felt like the beginning of a story rather than like a beginning, middle and end. If So it was not my favorite of the season, but I see where we're going and I'm excited about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of there with you. I thought this was a fine episode. Like I liked a lot of the stuff that happened. We got some, some good Kovic FaceTime, right? Owning the conference room like he should, which rules. I always, I always want to see David Cronenberg doing his thing on this show. And the fact that it kind of started out with him just kind of like leading the meeting and making jokes. I, I love that. Um, all the some great uh, sorry, all the um, uh, tricorders and like um, the translators. translators. Yeah. 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 He's like, yeah, those are going to work. Um the effects looked amazing when we got into the barrier and, uh, and then we finally passed it. Uh, some nice, if little corny use of the bridge crew in this ep. We keep getting like little shout outs of the bridge crew just shouting out random character traits that they have, which at this point is just cute. Um, we got to some great places emotionally with some of our characters and how they relate to or understand each other. That's really like what this season has really been all about. Um, people connecting and understanding each other a little deeper, um, particularly in this episode between the president and Michael and uh, a little bit between Burnham. I'm sorry, uh, between Tarka and book. Um what did kind of sink this for me though, which made it kind of forgettable uh, was just that glacial pacing. Like there was lots of cool stuff here, but it felt like a slog and it felt like a slow crawl to, to where we want to be, which is establishing, establishing first contact with the DMA aliens. Right. So yeah, a mixed bag felt a little slow, a little placeholdery. I'm pumped for next week. Maybe too pumped. Is it going to let me down? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, let's jump into the chat room to see how people felt about this episode. Oh, Chupi. Lots of Tarka talk in the chat. Chupi says, Tarka is clearly the most interesting nemesis we've had in a long time. I will say that in terms of Sean Doyle's performance, hell yeah. Right? The, I yeah. think the guy is owning it. The guy... Um, well, it's an interesting performance because I don't like the character at all, but I'm not really supposed to. Um, but like you, I didn't find that the backstory here, although it was well acted and well shot and well done, it felt kind of a there wasn't anything surprising to it, right? It was exactly what he told us, the audience, that had happened. We just saw it play out. There wasn't right. anything emotionally deeper or surprising and it it was pretty rote and kind of just fine right i felt like it was kind of there to fill some space um and it really didn't sympathize the character for me 
anymore. I do still find him interesting, but I didn't, I didn't feel for him. Yeah. And I correct me if I'm wrong. Cause I felt like I needed to go. I wanted to watch this episode a second time today, but I just didn't have, have the time, but did he, he also betrayed Oros, right? Like he was essentially reporting on what he was doing back to the Emerald chain. Right. And that's why he like, yes. So it's like he, <laughs> but it's me, like, it's, it's like, like, I, we don't even need to know that. It's like, yeah, that's Tarka. Like yeah, we well, already kind of knew that. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, betray me once, shame on you. Betray me twice. <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> like, what is, yeah, what is this telling me about him? If I was book, I'd be like, you backstabbed this person who was your friend. And then you also just backstabbed me in a situation that could have turned out well for you in the end, but you decided not to. So, I mean, if this was them trying to make me sympathetic towards Tarka, it definitely didn't do it. If anything, it made me really sympathetic towards Aros, um, who was played by uh, Osric Chow, who has done a lot of work on like CW shows, um, if you see him minus makeup, and I think has done a lot of like um, uh, like stunt fighting and stuff too. So um, I thought he good. gave really great performance, especially through all of that makeup. Like mm -hmm. I very much felt all of the emotions there. So. Um, great great job to the that performance but yeah it, i was like i don't know i need like another level of sympathy for me to like really feel for tarka other than i'm trying to redeem the fact that i betrayed my best friend by betraying a federation of people <laughs> like i don't know <laughs> yeah it's like hello I, we knew everything about tarka when we first met him right he's arrogant and he's not to be trusted and he has his own agenda and what did this backstory tell us? He's arrogant. He's not to be trusted. And he has his own agenda. Can he make a friend? Yes. But we also knew that because he told us that. There is one person that I love. and But that didn't really... Like, he does have a heart. I understand that. You got to drill way down to find it. But yeah, that didn't, that didn't make him a sympathetic character to me. Yeah. Michael L. just put something interesting in the chat about how it would have been more interesting if we had seen Tarka suffer in isolation for a while. And I yes. think I, I agree. I think I needed to see a little bit more of a character motivation for this like continuous betrayal. Like I understand he was like under lock and key and having to perform scientific duties for the Emerald chain who we do know is like terrible. Right. But like, I don't know. We've seen the Klingons do a lot of really terrible shit throughout this show. So like, and I still managed to have a lot of sympathy for a lot of Klingon characters because I get to see like kind of the bigger picture. Right. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. I, uh, oh, and then stress-free K just said Tarka being kept in solitary confinement for five to 10 years, allow me to understand why he's so sociopathic and very, very dangerous. Exactly. But like, give me a montage of, of some, some solo time. Give me some that, something there. That they told us it didn't show, right? Right. And so it's not for most Which, people, it's not going to really land emotionally. Right. Know? And like for the space of like the episode, like I could have seen less of them and their relationship and seen even just, I mean, you don't need much. It's like 10 to 20 seconds of like, here's me in agony. And then I get tossed into this space that I finally create and have a friendship, you know? Yeah. I mean, show me like having to him having to drink his own piss. <laughs> I don't know. About I want, that. 
Just show me a 20 second sequence of Tarka pissing into his hand and drinking it. And then I'll feel sympathy for him. Come on. That's we're, uh, we're on, we're on Paramount plus we can do that. Right. Uh, I'm glad that's your truth, Mike. Um, that is not mine, but uh, <laughs> I think I would, I would have been fine with like the big beard and like the wall of equations or something, you know, something that showed me you were in this <laughs> space and then you got tossed into here to like work with another person. Just, um, Take off his shirt, filter the piss through it, put it in his palm, drink it. Nobody understands me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Bear Grylls is the only one that understands. Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> I need to rethink my life choices. Carolyn K3, hot freak. Carolyn says Tarka's backstory was great. Thought his acting in a backstory was, though his acting in a backstory was really flat. The stuff on disco felt too much like a collage of this and that. So it didn't work for me. Yeah. I, I think for me, Carolyn, the, it was just the pacing on disco. It, there was a lot of back and forth, but it wasn't super engaging and it felt um, unfocused to me. Yeah. There's quite a lot of yo-yoing. I almost mm -hmm. felt like instead of making them learn about the, dma going into the alpha quadrant like in the middle of them trying to break through this like i was like the stakes are already pretty high i don't need another stake in this sandwich right now but where yeah. i would have wanted that is like they've broken free and then they're like we got a message right before we left it's finally done being decoded and then that's yeah. like i don't know it's like let's get over one hump and then give me another hump instead of being like up up and then just like emotional crash at the end it was just a lot of reacting to things um and then yeah they the show tried to bring up the stakes with um well we know the the fate of the universe or the galaxy is at stake um but hey now your home what, worlds are. what's being targeted are the the worlds that we actually care about so yeah come on <laughs> Um, got some more hot freaks from the viewers. Takako, hot freak. I'm glad that whatever their individual flaws, the senior politicians and Starfleet admirals are competent and operate from a place of goodwill. I cared when Vance said, Godspeed, Discovery. Yeah, I feel that. I think we got a... I really did like the emotional resolution we came to with uh, the president and with Michael mm -hmm. coming to a a mutual respect for each other that has been building throughout the entire season. And then Michael being there as an emotional comfort and allowing the president to have the space to feel those, her human emotions in, in the face of this horrible threat, not just facing the entire galaxy, but specifically her family who is on earth. And she seemed like she needed that space, but you know, there's a lot. This episode made me realize there's a lot on Tarina, President Tarina, mm -hmm. is that on on the president's shoulders, especially when Vance said, "You can't go on this mission." What you represent, and what she represents is, um, she's like a a bicultural person, right? And mm -hmm. some basically, oh wait, the Federation president? No, Tarina yeah. is the um, the Navarre president. The Navarre president, yeah, my bad. So the Federation president, yeah, and. If this episode did give me more sympathy for one of the newer characters this season, it was for the for the Federation president. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, were you gonna say? Oh, go for it. Puds 38, hot freight. Kovic low-key ruled that meeting. 
Yes, he did. Uh, between the joke shade about the translators and what I think was a Gilligan's Islands reference, it was. I was cracking up. However, it made me suspicious of him again. Yes, and that's what's great. Kovic is there. He has the answers. He has the sly jokes. He has the uh, the you know 1970s CBS TV sitcom references. But also, he might be trying to fuck you over. You don't yeah. know. <laughs> that's don't great. Know. I um recently went back and watched um his first movie shiver i think it's called anyway oh, it's, never seen it. it's like a it's a really good first movie there's so much done in camera and like the i mean i, I will say there's lots of things that are like not great about it as far as how the 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 amount of women who have to be nude on screen sure. but you can see where Cronenberg. anyway it was just like you saw the nuggets of everything that was going to come from his work from that movie. And it's on like YouTube for free. It's a fun watch. Have you seen this movie? I think it was late nineties, maybe early two thousands crash. Not the crash that won the Oscars. Yeah. It's like the one where not, people like, get no, no, not, not that one. <laughs> huh? No, uh, no. Well, the one that won the Oscars was like this ham fisted, you know, story about, um race relations in la but cronenberg's crash was yeah it was about car crashes and it was about people who get off oh, on car yeah. crashes i have seen that one you i have haven't seen, seen the other yeah. one. <laughs> oh, okay okay yeah well the car crash one didn't win oscars but it was uh clearly the better movie but of course the fly yeah i mean classic 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 yeah um i did want to i don't know if arthur would care but arthur in our slack wrote out the Gilligan's Island theme song as if it was about Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> oh, you need to read that shit right I now. I feel like I need to read it. Arthur, I'm really sorry if you don't want me to share this, but it's too good. But it just says, sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip. I can't sing. I'm so sorry, y'all. That started from this Starfleet port aboard this tiny ship. The mate was mighty sailing man, the skipper brave and sure. Five ambassadors set sail that day for a three-hour tour. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> um, the barrier started getting rough. The tiny ship was tossed. And if not for the courage of the fearless crew, the discovery would be lost. <laughs> uh, the ship set ground on the shore of this uncharted desert space with uh, with Saru and Burnham too. The president and Linus of Ferengi Stamets and Adira out here, here outside the barrier. Anyway, it's so cute. <laughs> That's amazing. I, Loved it. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you, Arthur. I, I apologize for my terrible performance. <laughs> I thought it was good. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Kern says, I refuse to care about Tarka, which probably shows that Sean Doyle is a pretty good actor. He's good. If they could deepen the character and give him, um, you know, a, m more dynamics instead of being the guy you can't trust. And hell yeah. He is a good actor. Um, yeah, I thought there were, yeah, that was the thing about this episode is like, I think I felt very yo-yoed as a viewer, which I know I've already said, but there were, there were so many good, like kind of small moments together with people like Saru and Tarina in the bar and like the fun little interaction in the hallway when he realizes that she's still on the ship, even though he's like, I just told her feelings. Oh no. Like, <laughs> and, um, and Colber being like really supportive. And then I really enjoyed Burnham and the president kind of coming to that understanding, like you said earlier, Mike, of like 
how they have to approach this whole situation. And um, yeah, and I thought, you know, as much as we get kind of those like little one-off things with our, our bridge crew and I saw someone point out on Twitter, it's like, we also didn't get a lot of bridge crew time on like the original series and like besides the core four on like next generation, you know, you weren't really spending a lot of time with these larger ensembles. I think we kind of got a little spoiled with the Kelvin verse movies that feel like a little bit more bigger ensemble cast. And I feel like we're getting there. Like we're sort of figuring this out of how to do these larger yeah, or group scenes. But I loved hearing each of the characters sort of like different connections to home. And I felt like that was like a nice sort of moment to hear about their personalities. I also love that as soon as Detmer is like, I'm going snorkeling and Awoshikun is like, I'm coming with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. PW Gregory was like, of course, as soon as Detmer talked about where she go after all this, Awasakon immediately volunteered to join her. LOL. I love that. Yeah. I, I like that. It was a, um, who's uh not bryce who's the other guy what's his name reese reese he was like i'm gonna hike the pacific crest trail because <laughs> i just read wild apparently <laughs> <laughs> okay dude you i do you i am wondering if so because there was such a pronounced moment of um bryce staying back to work with um Kovic. Kovic. I was like, I have to stop calling him Cronenberg. Well, I, I do know that that the actor who plays Bryce is on another show mm. with a more featured role, so he has less time to do this um, discovery. So I know that's why he was given a, more of a backseat this season, but it is weird, right? I feel like it's like, to, you know, there'd be one thing. I feel like they'd mention it enough to where I wouldn't be like, oh, where, where did he go? Like, I know yeah. he's working on this, but that felt like you really want us to know that they're working on this. And so, and, and he's been pretty integral to a lot of moments this season, as far as like solving some of the bigger problems, you know, as far like the riding the wave thing and like kind of figuring out different ways of like sonar communication sort of stuff. So I, I'm wondering if there's something there that we should be sort of paying attention to. Sonar. That makes me think of whales. Whales. Are they going to bring whales? bats who knows um yeah that it's it's very interesting especially because there is that giant sort of gravitational force field around that planet so it's like what are they what are they keeping in you know <laughs> or what are they trying to keep out you, you think we'll finally meet 10c next episode i don't know if we'll get it next episode i feel like they're holding <laughs> there's what three left right i think I so think, i think it's three Three or four, yeah. Hmm, man. Well, Rar Rarzi says, Hot Freak, slow teasing us with 10C for four episodes now. Prepare to be let down. Oh, I'm not, no. <laughs> I'm not that um, pessimistic about it, but I do feel that, well, the show is kind of leading us there, right? And I, I do feel um, PTSD from what happened with the burn and I, I didn't like that resolution and we were led along and we we're so invested in finding out what the burn was last season. And it, mm -hmm. the idea wasn't bad, but the execution was, was not great. Um, so I'm just hoping yeah. we get some sort of payoff that feels worth it. Of course that's super subjective, but I don't know. What do you think would be, would be a, a payoff that's worth it for you with the 10 C? 
I mean, I was trying. So they did like a good little package on the ready room um, this episode about the other times we've crossed the galactic barrier in Trek history and what that's been like. Um, and kind of the most times it happens is is twice in the original series where there is like an advanced species that essentially takes over the Enterprise. Um, of course, they just look like humans because it's, <laughs> you know, the, the yeah. original series. Um you know, I think they're glittery, you know, there's something about them that's special. Um, so I'm wondering if there's something possibly connected to the original series about that. Like what if it's just a more advanced version of, um, humanity possibly, or what if it is this, like, it, it could also be that place that Oros tried to get to. Like, what if that is where that exists? Is this like paradise planet, but behind the paradise is this terrible DMA to keep it functioning? Right. Um, which I, it could be interesting and definitely territory for Trek commentary about how, you know, things can look really beautiful to the people participating in it, but is secretly hurting other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's a topic they like to delve into, but. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I like I've tried to put absolutely no expectation on it so that anything is a pleasant surprise. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I my expectations aren't super high, but I I am very curious. I think is that that that's where I'm at right now. I'm just super curious to see what these writers come up with, especially since the last couple seasons have also been kind of mystery box shows where there's a reveal uh, towards the end of the season. Um, and those reveals have not been super successful in my estimation. Mm-hmm. Um, Rar also says, is Oros kind of the same as Soren trying to reach the Nexus in generations? Um, Soren's Malcolm McDowell's character who is trying to blow up a star and blow up a planet to get into the Nexus. So yeah, Star Trek has, that's one of the examples where Star Trek has definitely covered the territory of um, the price of paradise is too high, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, with Soren trying to get into paradise, but destroying worlds in order to do it. Um, and I, I thought it was done pretty well in that movie. Um, I think disco could do a lot with that theme. That could be pretty cool. Yeah. I I, I know they've been, I've been like, haven't put much thought into this. So this is a little like a uh, stream of consciousness, but if they've been trying to essentially use this problem as a bit of a metaphor for the pandemic, right. It's like this big problem that takes both individual action, but then much larger action in order to, to kind of solve it. Like what could possibly kind of bring all of that together in retrospect to this it's like you know so far it has been like all of the planets have come together to figure out a way to solve this problem and you saw that like just one individual can still like cause demise right with with Tarka so I don't know what that would mean if you were to try to discover or make contact with a whole other species unless we're going to get really into it and be like 
colonialism is real, real bad. And here's what happens when you visit other places and you bring all of your diseases there. (laughs) And like somehow first contact destroys a whole civilization. (laughs) It might happen. It it feels like they're setting up something for next season. It feels like we're going to have a huge plot beyond the galactic barrier that is going to kick off at the end of this season and explore lots of issues next season. Maybe we'll stay beyond our galaxy. Maybe, I mean, Discovery is famous for hitting the reset button in a number of ways Mm -hmm. at the end of its seasons, right? We got, we went to the future. We, you know, went to the mirrorverse and back, and now we're past the barrier. Maybe we're going to stay there next season. So it's a whole new world, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not opposed to that. I think that'd be cool. I've, uh, I've also seen a lot of people talking about how there's the Picard com badge was on the table. And I'm not sure I I assumed after watching it that that was just another translator that they were sort of using in this like big array of them that they had. But I don't know if they're trying to make a more direct connection, in which case based on the promos for Picard has something to do with the Borg. But again, we've kind of said, we don't think it's the Borg in this case. So I don't know. I don't know. Carmen says maybe we will not meet 10C until next season. That's right off the bat. I'm like, okay, that would suck. But if the show gave us a good story and yeah. in place of that, that, that's fine. But I don't know. I think we're gonna we're gonna meet 10C. I would love for the story of meeting 10C and trying to figure out what first contact means with them to really kick off next episode um what are the odds on that happening right the odds that we won't meet them till next that, season that we will meet them uh in next episode oh i don't know about next episode i think we'll get it by the end of the season mm-hmm. some some way shape or form i don't know about the next episode i know they've already planted the seed of like there's an uninhabited seemingly uninhabited planet um, that's close by that they're going to investigate. So I'm assuming our next episode is that off-world investigation and then something's going to happen and then Book and Tarka are going to have to come rescue them from that situation and then together they're going to finally face Tensi. And then they'll lock Tarka up and he'll have to piss in his hand you <laughs> <laughs> to stay hydrated. It's going to be great. I'm pretty sure they have replicators for that. <laughs> <laughs> no. He doesn't get a replicator. Um, Puds38 actually says that Michelle Paradise, a showrunner, um, uh, said that we will know who the 10 C is by the season's end. So, yeah. It was us all along. (laughs) (laughs) What if it is? What if it's just like discovery in the future? I don't know. Mm. We don't know. That Calypso Calypso short still lingers in the back of my head at times because we we know – eventually what will happen there but yep well i think i don't know because it seems like the show has been trying to reverse engineer stuff ever since calypso aired as kind of a cool one-off you know Mm -hmm. but uh, i would love to get to the point to the calypso point as well it's it's pretty fascinating yeah, I um the other thing I'm definitely missing lately has been Tilly. I feel like we're missing our really we great got Adira. Problem, really great problem solver. I do love Adira. Adira is great, but I like Stamets Adira and Tilly. Mm-hmm. I like it all. I think um 
We Maybe. needed more. We needed more Wilson Cruz in this episode. I, uh, I love. I, I loved him. You know, poor, um, poor Saru. The entire like the it feels like the galaxy is just conspiring to k- keep him from going on a date. Right, poor guy, and the guy really needs to go out and have a date. I mean, I think the true climax of this season is going to be Saru and the. Navarre president finally like grabbing coffee somewhere away from the ship, away from Starfleet headquarters, maybe in a green space. Like that's what I want to see. They're going to have like tea and like meditate and be really cute. And it's going to be, it's going to be great. Yeah. That's what I want to see. So somebody brought up those. um, Oh yeah. Takako. How about those creatures who are about to emerge from that hole in space at the end of Picard? Picard season one. And those tentacle creatures that were coming out. And then and Mariah's like, I blocked Picard season one. What, what <laughs> I are you was talking like, about? I remember the flowers that were like the defense mm-hmm. system of the planet. Right. But there was a portal where uh, the evil tech baddies are trying to come to do. Anyway, I don't think that, I don't think uh, Tenzi is them. I think, I think uh, Paramount and Star Trek and uh, <laughs> Michelle Paradise wants us to forget about all that. Some of that yeah, nonsense. I was like, they've done a, a hard reset on Picard season two. So, mm-hmm. have you um, watched your screener yet? I have not, but I saw mm. the. Um, uh, I have to wait until. Anyway, we're participating in Picard Week, and we're talking about Picard and Q, and I want to make predictions, and so I'm afraid if I watch, I'm going to somehow accidentally include a spoiler and get us kicked off of screeners forever. Oh right! <laughs> so- <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, um, but they did show a a preview clip during, um, the ready room today and it definitely looks like the Borg queen is back very early on. So, um, I think that's going to be fun. All right. Yeah. People in the chat are saying the, uh, Picard promos in the ready room were pretty good. Mm-hmm. And the show, the show seems like, like, it seems a little dark this season, Picard, but it seems like it's also going to have lots of fun. Yeah, yeah. They're definitely, I mean, they keep advertising it as like their prestige drama show. So I think it's definitely gonna be on the the darker side um of our of our trek crew and shows that we get here. Um, we shall see. Yeah. What was I gonna say? Oh, this week was uh Tawny Newsom's birthday. Oh, Gotta happy birthday. Mariner. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else like- you want to say about this episode? There's only two of us, so we decided to – we're going back and forth. Like, should we do a show tonight? There's only two of us. There's usually four of us. But, um, like, yeah, let's just do a show. Let's do a short one. But anything else you want to say about this episode? I don't think so. You know, I enjoyed everyone's performances. I um, wish I wasn't as yo-yoed within the plot, but I, I can feel the momentum pushing us forward, and I'm excited about where we're going. So if that I, – I feel like – that's uh, a decent enough place to leave me as a fan and a viewer. <laughs> uh, Chupi has a programming question. Uh, and so does Kern. Everybody's like, what the hell yeah. are you doing? <laughs> um, how are you going to do both Picard and Disco? That's well, a great question. <laughs> um, there's a plan for that, right? Yeah, we can come up with a plan for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's either I, really long episodes where we <laughs> talk yeah. about one and then the other. I was like, the only other thing I I thought we could propose, but I, I really love the live aspect, which would be to keep doing disco live 
while it's going and to do Picard as like a um, we record off off live and put out but I love interacting with everyone and seeing their reactions so I feel like me too I think there's only going to be what two weeks of overlap Mm -hmm. so maybe for those first two weeks oh it might be three weeks I think it starts next week it starts next week and there's three episodes that's right Mm -hmm. okay well how about this um maybe tentative plan for the first three weeks we'll just cover both on an hour-long show yeah yeah and we'll just Jump into one and jump into the other. Um, but they're airing on different nights, right? Or are they not? I don't know. <laughs> we could do a long I pod. The same, I think they're the same day. I think they we come could do out a long pod day. at the end of the week. Yeah. On uh, on Friday. That could be okay. Yeah. We'll figure it out. We'll put <laughs> it. <laughs> I T- was like, we can TBT. We- we're the ones who have the more flexible schedules. So I feel like mm-hmm. us making this decision. No kids, baby. Living those no kid life. Yeah. <laughs> Love Just it. take care of furry animals. <laughs> yeah. So I think they do release the same day. Yeah. Whatever day we record, I think maybe for the first couple of weeks, tentative plan, maybe just to cover both mm-hmm. in, in an hour long episode. Um but we'll we have to discuss it with the other 50% of this podcast and see yeah. what they want to do as yeah. well. So we okay. shall see. Um just just want to update people. I'm just started season three of Enterprise, and it's good. <laughs> I like it. Look at you go. I Look like at it. you go. I, I have it on while I'm working, and then um I I pay attention to it more than my work. So that's I don't know what that says about my work, but I'm enjoying the show. I like it. It's a good time. It's good. That's good. I wish I could uh, watch stuff while I work, but unfortunately, I have to listen to people talk as a part of my job, so (laughs) it doesn't work out that way. (laughs) Gotcha. Okay. I think we are coming to the end of the pod. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Mariah, tell people how they can uh, support us. Yeah, so you can go to StarTrekPod.co to find links to everywhere you can listen to and watch the podcast and the video cast. Um, if you would like to participate in the live streams, we really encourage you to do so. Uh, you can do that on YouTube. Just subscribe to the channel, hit that notification bell, and you'll know when we're going live. And you can hang out with us in Patreon, where you could have gotten early access to the sweet, amazing content of Arthur's uh, Gilligan's Island spoof song <laughs> that I feel like someone who's a better singer should record to the theme song. And I would love it so, so much. Um, but yeah, don't, that's just... don't tempt me to sing. <laughs> it's been a long time. <laughs> I hear just... that like four times a day. And I'm just it. like, I, I like the season three version of the song. They kind of pick up the pace a little bit. Mm. I think a lot of people didn't like it, but it's good. Um, but yeah, that's on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash Star Trek pod, find all those things there. And uh, yeah, we will, we will see y'all next time. Thanks for hanging. Live long and prosper. Bye.